Welcome, my grasshoppers, to the first ever episode of the Kung Fu Movie Database, a brand new podcast dedicated to all things Chop Socky, brought to you in part by the Ruminations Radio Network. Every fortnight, we will be bringing you news, reviews, and deep dives in the world of martial arts and Asian cinema. But this is only the first step in our quest for internet domination, as we'll also be launching a website within the next month or so, and then a YouTube channel before the end of the year, in a three-pronged diagram pole assault. If you love Kung Fu, then we'll always have your back. I'm your host, Neil Gray, and joining me on this legendary journey is my co-host and heterosexual life partner, Matthew Pitbull Redding. How you doing, brother? I'm all right, brother. How's you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, man. You know how life is around these parts. Crazy family, crazy kids. Same old, same old. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, should we get on with the show then and not bore our listeners with my boring existence? <laughs> I think it's probably better. Yeah, I don't think they need to hear about our boring life for kids. No, no. Let's get on to the Kung Fu. Right then, to kick things off, today we'll be taking a look at the movies and the influence on the genre of a man who helped bring Kung Fu to the Western audience in a way that had never been achieved before. I am, of course, talking about the one and only Bruce Lee. So what do you say? We start with looking at the four movies that he made? Oh, yeah. Well, there are five, but he wasn't really alive for the last one. No, no. And having watched Game of Death, I don't count having his face stuck onto a mirror as him actually being in the film, do you? Um, why not? It sort of works. As well as, I mean, like, I... sticking a mannequin in a corner and hoping for the best. Yeah, and hoping that nobody notices that it's not actually Bruce. Um, The thing is, I do want to talk a little bit about Game of Death, so I suppose we'll get that out of the way now. Um, Because that end fight scene, in the actual dojo itself, where he's fighting through the levels. It's fucking superb, man. I rewatched it the other day, and it's just such a good fight. Yeah, there are some epic fights in it, but that was the problem. They they did the fight scenes and then went, shit, we got nothing for in between. And he's dead now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can work with there. It's like, oh, great, we've got the fight scenes, what he's known for, but... Do we have a story? <laughs> no. <laughs> and do we have anybody that even looks remotely like him? Well, from behind, maybe. It kind of reminds me of it's the movie like on Plan, Plan 9. There's, a, there's an old yeah, Edward it, it movie would... called Plan 9 where he shot a load of footage of Bela Lugosi, and then Bela Lugosi died. So they had to get somebody else to come in to play the part of Bela Lugosi. And it's kind of what happened with Game of Death, I think. So Edward was probably long dead by that point. It's also a bit cheesy that they uh, sort of filmed his funeral as well. That that wasn't great. Oh, yeah. They're a bit, a bit tacky, I think, the expression, isn't it, really? Let's be honest. It's, um, yeah. Not the, but, not the nicest what, what should we do about we're it? We have to do. We're going to sneak to his funeral and go, aha, we're just filming quickly. There we go. We've got the scene. Like, <laughs> uh, there's difference between a death scene and literally Nobody being knows. dead in a scene. A death scene. Yeah. <laughs> It gives an entire <laughs> fucking whole new whole new slant on dying on camera, doesn't it? Really, let's be hundred percent honest. Yeah, yeah, that, that definitely is. Like, you can't say that is uh, it wasn't believable. He definitely didn't blink. Yes, yes, no. He, he was definitely he was definitely past it at that point. I think I think the thing that gets me most of all about that film is, I mean, I can understand why they went on with it. Obviously, you know, Bruce Lee was big box office. He was dead. This was his last film. He was recording it when he died. But the guy that got to play him, man, it's just so blatantly obvious, not Bruce Lee, just some guy in a wig. And he's always shot from behind, yeah, obviously, because you can't show his face. Yeah, but the thing is, so Bruce, even Bruce Lee's muscles are so, so sort of iconic that even if you look from behind, you're like, it's, it's not him. He, yeah, yeah. Just his physique was <laughs> yeah, part no, totally. of his brand. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, no, no, tell no, him no, not because no, he doesn't work out ten times a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's not continually kicking the shit out of things in between scenes. Yeah, he's not out there kicking a concrete block to death, so we can tell it's not him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he can kick a concrete block to death with his dead foot. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's a shame because, like I said, I've been going back and watching the fight scenes from it, at least the ones that Bruce did, and not the ones that we're calling Bruce Lie because that's something we've got to get onto at some point down the line. Doing a whole Bruce exploitation. Bruce Lie. Um. Yeah, Bruce Lee. We've got to do a whole Bruce exploitation. We've got to do that at some point just because there's so many of them. Um, but it's so, it's so. Why? 
you know, I get it. You're trying to cash in, but why? You know, just leave it. It doesn't need to be done. But then again, if they didn't do it, we would have never got the fucking iconic jumpsuit, would we? The yellow and black, because that was the only film that he wore it in. Very true. And we wouldn't have got a whole range of different movies of like the Chinese ripoffs of everything going like, oh, like the the knockoff mm. DreamWorks films and stuff like that. It almost feels like stuff like that was the <laughs> yeah. birthplace of all this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You probably got a point. That probably was a jumping off point. But and also we wouldn't have got the great, the classic, my favourite SpongeBob episode where um Sandy Cheeks saves SpongeBob from a timeshare while fighting through a game of death style uh, building, which I think is fantastic. So let's game of death dealt with, and we've come to the conclusion. I've come to the conclusion, and the best thing about it is it spawned a SpongeBob episode. So there you have it. Oh, and the South Park Pad Tower of Mongols. Oh, yes, of course, can never forget that. Right, so let's do the rest of them in chronological order. Then we'll start with the big boss. Now, I'll be honest with you, man. Um, I like that film. I don't love it. It it was it was all right, but from like looking into the film, my understanding is that he managed to get his claws too much into it. He, he had the first director fired because he didn't like him, and he, he wasn't quite didn't mm. have his acting chops yet to be able to be like, well, I want it to go this way, sort of thing. He might have done a lot yeah, of bit yeah. parts by before then, but that was his first real acting gig, and I think they they let him well, get see- away with a bit too much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is that. Um, the story is, the story goes, that after everything, he, he basically wasn't getting anywhere in America um, with the Green Hornet had been cancelled and um, when he went to pitch ideas to American studios, they just looked at him like he was insane and then ripped him off, which they did for Kung Fu, the TV series. Yeah. Because um, that was his idea. Him. And then the next thing you know, yeah, yeah, completely. The next thing you know, you got Carradine playing him. And then he went, then he, he was advised to go to Hong Kong, take some time out. So he went to Hong Kong and he was fucking huge, man. He was fucking, he was like a global star in Hong Kong. And the Green Hornet TV program was known as the Kato Show. And it was all centered around him. Right. Yeah. Because I was saying that over there is huge. Yeah. Over there is huge. They yeah. changed it to the Kato Show, didn't they? Rather than Green Hornet. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like yeah. some of my favorite little snippets about that was. He was too fast to film, so they changed the film, the the size of the film they were using, and had to ask him to slow down a little because otherwise there was just yeah, bad guys yeah. falling down for no apparent reason. Apparent reason. <laughs> Imagine yeah, because he was lightning fast. Imagine that going to your actor and going, "I'm sorry, mate, but I need you to slow down a little bit." Just because <laughs> yeah, you're too awesome. I need you to calm down a little bit, man. Yeah, we, we, yeah, you're you're too awesome. Yeah, I like that. You're far too awesome to be able to do this. Stop it. Like nowadays, that'd be brilliant. Like half of the Bruce Lee fight scenes would have to be filmed in slow mo just so they could catch him. But like yeah. back then, just oh, to gotcha. be told that you're too fast for film, what what an achievement to have. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. It's it's it's, a, it's out of a claim of fame. I mean. I mean, this is obviously. I mean, no. Um, yeah, I take it you've seen the footage that they done. They did. Um, they recorded of him doing the one inch punch before he went off and did. You know, all the. I think it was before he did Green Hornet at some demonstration, and he yeah, I does the one inch punch on some bloke, and knocks him off his feet and so, puts him in a chair. I mean, it's insane, man. Yeah, the best bit is I was watching an uh, interview with the guy who they did that to, and they're like, everyone thought it was a stunt double. Nah, I didn't really have a clue who the mm. guy was until he punched me. Like, <laughs> until he punched right. me. Yeah. <laughs> and then I yeah, went flying. Who he is. Yeah, and then I never See, I mean, that's the, the face. Uh, yeah, no, you wouldn't, though, would you? I mean, but, I mean, I suppose that's, that's part of the problem. I mean... Obviously, now, in hindsight, that would be part of the problem with the big boss. Obviously, back then, it didn't matter. Bruce Lee was huge in Hong Kong, and Golden Harvest weren't about to look a gift, gift horse in the mouth, were they? No. I was going to say, no, they're not really going to kick out having someone who's sort of getting known in America by his, like, famous friends. That's the way I looked at it. It was like they probably went over Hong Kong. They were like, we fucking love you, but we also love who you train in martial arts. Because by that yeah, point, he still yeah, had his yeah. dojo and a lot of big clientele, like celebrity friends and stuff like Steve McQueen and stuff like that, who at the time were yeah. the biggest people in Hollywood. 
So it's not like oh, you're going gotcha. to kick them out and go, bugger off, we don't want you. When yeah, he could probably pull some of the bigger names just by being mm. him because they're like, well, I'm over here like getting training off you for my next film, so why not? Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, and I, I'm a big Golden Harvest fan. I mean, it, it's because of them that, you know, Jackie Chan, Sammo Hung, all, all of the artists that took up the mantle after Bruce passed really got the chance to do what they did, um, which is obviously things we're going to in further episodes. But I, though I'm not a big fan, no, I like Big Boss and I don't love it. I admire the fact that for a Bruce Lee film, he doesn't hit anybody for 50 minutes. Yeah, very true. Very, very true in that one. It did just seem like 50 minutes of corporate politics. But, oh, just get on with something. <laughs> well, I mean, it's... Yeah, but it's... I mean, I get the premise behind it. You know, he's promised his mother he'll never fight again. And it was good um, exposure for his co-star, whose name slipped me, and I don't have it down on a piece of paper because I don't do research. I'm an idiot, but had done a lot of Shaw Brothers films at that point as well. I was starting to do a lot of Shaw Brothers movies, 70s movies. So it gave him a lot of exposure being next to Bruce. But to have a Bruce Lee film where Bruce Lee doesn't smack anybody upside the head, really smack anybody upside the head for 50 minutes, I mean, that's quite, that's quite a ballsy move. Maybe he did. Maybe they just didn't tell him to slow down. So we just didn't no. see it on the film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so fast you couldn't sod in tell. Yeah, I like that. That's a good idea, man. But I mean, and, and so, so also, it's just the wrong when he film. Does, yeah, the wrong film, not, not, not run at the right speed. But when he does get to doing the violence that he does, the voodoo he does so well, it's such a blatantly different level compared to the fighting that's come so far in the film, you know? Yeah, it, it, it definitely goes from like a schoolyard scrap into actual mm. Kung Fu. But then I, I did find yeah. that a lot yeah, of the time with the, with the extras. That the extras sometimes, yeah. they just didn't compare to him. And I do wonder sometimes no. if he'd have been given a lot better co- like um, opponents, would he have shined mm. out so much? Or is it just the case that yeah. because he was always against stuntmen that it just made him look that much better? I'm not arguing that he wasn't amazing at what he did. Oh, but of course not. Did he pop more because of the, the background cast being sort of a bit like, ah, oh, we'd, we'd done a couple of karate lessons, but that's about it. Yeah, that's a bloody good point, actually, because, I mean, as we'll get to later on, um. It, and he starts using, obviously, people that he knows and people he's trained. And then I think it's Enter the Dragon that he starts using people like Samo Hung and Jackie Chan, who are proper stuntmen at this point, you know? So, I mean, maybe for... Yeah. Especially for the first film, definitely, I think, if the stuntmen had been anything more than guys just stood around in a circle, dancing, waiting for their turn to get smacked in the face, and maybe it wouldn't have had, like you say, such a huge pop. Yeah, I feel like... It... Sometimes he only really stood out because the rest of them were sort of so bad in comparison. That it just made him, yeah, that it made him look awesome compared to them. Yeah, but yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I definitely those, agree with you on that. It's almost like if there had been a few more competent martial artists, would he have really gone, been given the push he had been? Or would he have just been ended up as sort of like a co-star, maybe the odd star to a film, rather than the massive... He's the man, then, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like, say, maybe if he'd been like more like Jack Chan, where he'd been put in films with other leading co-stars and stuff, would he have yeah. had more of a role like Jackie Chan, where he's quite sometimes he was a sidekick, other times he's the main. Sometimes it feels like he's just sort of there because he's Jackie Chan. Would it? Would he? Would it have been yeah. more that case for Bruce if he hadn't? been such a big star to come through at the right point whilst there was no one really to challenge him. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Sorry, man. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree with you. Um, he, he was, because he was on such a different level that anybody around him wasn't even up, wasn't up to scratch, not up to his scratch, but just up to scratch as a martial artist or as a stuntman, just made him look 20 times better, I think. 
And it, you're right. If if there was a bigger, I mean, the Shaw brothers had a lot of talent, but none, nothing on par with what Golden Harvest got when they got hold of Bruce Lee. Yeah, there was no one really that like Golden Harvest just didn't have the artists to combine with him. I feel sometimes. I'd, yeah. Like, no, I agree with that. I, as well. I had a. I had a couple of notes like where I wrote down like they all film like the same film with a different skin. It's almost like it yeah. felt like a mod to it. Uh, like it, I oh, wrote yeah, down no, like no, it, he always yeah. seems to. There, there always has to be like a bite. Uh, he gets in an arm bar and he always has to bite it out. At some point, he always has to punch someone in the nuts as to say, "Look, I fight dirty." And there's always got to be the evil yeah. white henchman he took down. I didn't so much feel of like course. there was much else for him. He just felt like mm. he was left on his own. And like I say, if there had been another martial artist there, like a true martial artist, would he have stood out so much? Because like, yeah, the fight with Chuck Norris, great fight. But I feel like if yeah. Chuck Norris had been in more of that film and had a few other fights, he might have overshadowed Bruce just because it's the first time he'd really had someone to properly show him up rather than sort of what yeah. felt like B-list celebrities and sidekicks to go with him. I mean, yeah. So like they went through the yellow I mean, pages. Robert like, Baker. I can call him. But... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very I true. Guy, I know that guy. But yeah. I mean... It almost feels like a bunch of friends. Yeah, yeah. And for a, and for a first film, I think that... It, it's just, I don't know, it, I, it, it just, there's something about it that doesn't, though I like it, it's, it's not one of those that if I was told I could never watch it again, it wouldn't bother me, you know? Yeah, it, it's great to watch, but it's more a film you watch while skipping to the fight scenes that you want to watch, rather than a yeah, film you yeah, sit exactly back and go, oh, I'll miss a minute of it. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you on that. So, what, so, what, so, so, what, what do you think we're saying there? We're, we're saying that it's good, but it's you know, it, it's, it's not brilliant, is it? Let's be honest. It's, it's got its flaws. Mind you, it does have my favorite, one of my favorite scenes in any film ever, where he punches or kicks that guy so hard that he goes through the side of the barn, and he leaves like a human <laughs> print shape where he's gone through the side of the barn. That fucking slays me every time I see that. Absolutely slays me. Oh, that that was something. Some of the the, the humor, though, it, it is spot on. And yeah, it, like some of it, you're just like, ah, it, it's, little bits of comic relief really made it up in scenes where there was lacking in. It's it's very it's very Looney Tunes at times, you know. It can be very Looney Tunes at times, but you know, I love cartoons like that. But you know, we'll, we'll give it a yeah. It's good. It's not great. Yeah. Yep. That definitely. Okay, folks. So there you go. One. That's what we thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's 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 what we thought of um the big boss. It was good, but it wasn't great. Now, that you can't say about Fist of Fury, because Fist of Fury is my favourite Bruce Lee movie. I fucking love that film. I forgot how good that was until I sat down and rewatched it the other day. My god, that is a fucking excellent movie. Uh Bruce Lee Master of Disguise. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's quite that's that's, that's hysterical. We're still outside selling the papers. But it's just such a it's it's an all round, it's a better film. It's a superior film. It's it's better written. It's got a plot for a fucking star. The fight scenes are just constant bosh, bosh, bang, bang. And that ending, man, Jesus Christ, I'd forgotten about that. I had a fucking lump in my throat. Uh, it was a great film. That was, To be honest, that was one I watched after watching a couple of them. I was like, ah, oh, this one feels like a martial arts film. This one felt a lot yeah. more fluid and like it had a structure to it it didn't feel like they just thought yeah like slapped together a few fights and gone uh what do we do in between uh, uh, is he back <laughs> yeah. to avenge someone this time or or, or something because like sometimes you watch kung fu and you get the feeling they they shot the fight scenes when they're really good now we should really do the rest of the film <laughs> now uh, we should write the plot we, yeah. we said by game of death it, it literally was the way with him <laughs> Yeah, as I said, with Game of Death, that's literally what they ended up doing, f filming the fight scenes and then hoping oh, yeah. for, the, for the rest of it afterwards. But uh, yeah, that, yeah, that one definitely yeah. had more of a structure to it, and, and it felt a lot more enjoyable to watch it. It was one that I didn't find myself going, I wonder what's going on in the world of my phone. Yeah, yeah, that's always a sign these days, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a sign these days. You can always days, tell how good a film eminent host doesn't have one. If you if you're not if, ah, well, if the person next to you isn't looking at the phone, but I mean it's just yep. 
I don't know. I mean, for me, it had always been my, my favorite Bruce Lee film had always been um, Way of the Dragon, which we'll get onto next, just because of how funny it was and there's some great scenes in it. But I'd completely forgotten Fist of Fury is just so serious and so well done. And the fight scenes, especially the first dojo scene after they show up, insult everybody and bugger off. And then he goes over and beats the living snot out of everybody and lays his hands on. And he's just done so well. And then rams it down their throat. Don't 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 say you're going to eat a bit of paper if he can beat him up. <laughs> like that's never going to. I just go love. Well I just it. love. I love the line. Next time it will be glass. Afterwards, I just think you know. After he's force fed him their own fucking insult, he's just like the next time it'll be glass. <laughs> like yeah, you don't need to tell me twice, man. Seriously, you just get the crap out of everybody in here. But uh, it was. I, I I thoroughly enjoyed that. Like one of my best the the best bits I found that I enjoyed as well is when he's um fixing the phones. Uh, and he's just going around mm, the boss's yeah. house fixing the phones, and none of them recognise him. And then afterwards, one of them picks no, up the phone no. and realises he's done nothing. <laughs> That's just like That's phones don't it, yeah. work. <laughs> it's like oh, this is great. I do not, I got, that master of disguise stick that he goes through is fantastic because it's so blatantly when he stood outside the dojo selling papers as an old man, and it's like that's blatantly, blatantly Bruce Lee in a wig, mate. Yeah, don't they walk past as well saying something like, oh, we don't know where he is. We're never going to find him or something like that. And he's yeah. just stood We're never going to find him. Like, he's vanished. Yeah, he's vanished. We don't know where to start looking. And he's just sat there selling themselves up a paper. You're like, come on, if you really want to kill this dude, you're going to go, oh, that's him. Oh, that's him right there. Oh, you, can't, that, you can't mistake it. It's blatantly him. I for that. Well, they're bad guys. They kill him anyway and be like, well, we thought it was him. Just yeah. Tough shit. It wasn't. <laughs> we just didn't like the fact he was selling papers. Screw him. We killed him. Yeah, he was selling papers on my doorstep and he didn't give me a cut. And I had to buy the fucking paper of him. Yeah. He didn't even get a free one. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, a, I mean, again, that, that's the thing, though. I mean, Fist of Fury, it, it, the comedy moments aren't as much as they are in, obviously, way of the dragon which we'll get onto in a minute um but they are funny and the seriousness behind it and the way it's handled with such i don't want to say raw passion but it's it's almost like this was something he actually really believed in he really wanted to do yeah there was more care to it it, it felt like he was more mm. invested in the whole role and the film in general definitely but I think as well, in that one, I think there wasn't so much, if, if I believe right, in the first one, there was a couple of language barriers, because once some of them Japanese and some of them Chinese, so it might have just been a case that in this one, he yeah. didn't have so many language barriers in it as well, because I suppose yeah, it's it, the it same as us, like, us trying to film a film with someone that only speaks French and stood there going, um, yeah, okay. Uh, right. Like, yeah. It, no, it could have been I, as simple I, as that. It, it, it could have been. I mean, there's just, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's a lot of reasons behind it. I mean, f on a personal level, for me, it's, there's just a lot more depth to it. And that ending, like I said, man, when he comes out after he's said, like, look, be honest with me. If I go with you, will you leave the school alone? And the policeman promises him that. And he gets to the door and he opens the door and all stood there waiting for him with fucking guns. So what's he do? Charges the bastards. I mean, that's fucking double-eyed bastard, man. You know what I mean? That's bollocks the size of two small fucking planets. I, I, I did find that bit funny, though, because I was looking at him going, well, of course the policemen are going to say that, because they've just been shot in that firing line as well. <laughs> they didn't tell yeah. those two that they were going to get killed when they dragged you out. <laughs> no, no, it's just it's just over that that end piece, man. Definitely. That's this one. I mean, it's also when he pauses, in, when they obviously they freeze it in the air at the end, I mean, that's just such an iconic shot that you've seen on thousands of posters. And even in, you know, Bruce Lee films, if you know what I mean, it's, it, I think it was used, might have actually been used as this opening shot or as part of the credits in the actual film. The ending was used, if you know, if that makes any sense. It probably I, doesn't. I, I'm kind of rambling. I believe there. it was. Uh, I believe the still was used in the I mean, it's such and that. And it's such an iconic picture. I've seen so many posters of it and T-shirts of it over the years. And like I said, I'd completely forgotten that's how that filmed end. I thought, like, all Bruce Lee movies, it ended with him walking away into the distance or something. But no, not this time. He got shot the shit. Or did he? I, I did really appreciate that because it shows how much um, you believe in a film if you're willing to kill him off. Because you're like, we don't need to set, tell another story in a sequel. This film's badass enough on its own. <laughs> 
that it really showed faith in their film compared to being like, oh, we're just going to, we're going to put them off the side. And then the main bad guy is going to twitch his arms as the credit goes. So we can sort of fix this if we feel like it later. It really showed the passion to it. Yeah. I mean, it was such a good film that they remade it, didn't they? Jet Li did it. Yeah. I mean, there's Fist of Legend. So, I mean, that says enough, really, I think. (laughs) If Jet Li's willing to take on a Bruce Lee film and do just such a bang-up job as well, again, something we'll talk about in more depth when we get into Jet Li somewhere down the line. But, I mean, I think it says a lot about Fist of Fury in itself that, you know, you can remake it, do a really brilliant job and still not do as good a job as the original. To be honest, let's face it, you can remake it now. Like, you slap some mutants in it, you've mm. got X-Men. <laughs> oh, yeah, very good. <laughs> very good possibility there, man. That's, that's, that's definitely something to discuss in the future. But what, so what we're saying on Fist of Fury, then, we're giving that a, we're giving that a solid thumbs up, aren't we? We're saying, yeah, if you've oh, not seen yeah, that, go and watch that. That's worth excellent. Yeah, definitely worth it. I mean, from my, from, yeah, from my, from my, point of view i'll also like say add the cavat that is my favorite bruce lee film so if that's enough for you listeners then if you haven't seen it for some reason you've been living in a cave in mars for the past 50 odd years then go and watch fist of fury before you watch anything else bruce lee done it's fucking brilliant right so there's way of the dragon which has always confused me when i was younger because it was enter the dragon and way of the dragon and i'm like is it the same fucking film what i mean i was 10 at the time but you know what i mean yeah yeah uh, to be honest I had that thought all of a sudden rewatching them, and I suddenly went, "Wait, is this no, no?" Especially when you watch it, because they sort of have the similar storyline as well, where it could they could quite easily, yeah. if you didn't know they weren't, be the same film. One is saving. I'd, I'd say they live in the same world. universe. Yeah, it, it is. It's almost Avenging like they're the distant sister. cousins. Yeah. Revenge yeah, it's, it's like the Bruce Lee Dragon Universe, the Dragonverse. That's what we should call it. Yeah. It, it, it probably you probably would have found if he carried on, they would have kept going on, and it would have been like Revenge of the Dragon and shit like that. But it, very, it's very, very much good possibility, with, man. Like it, it did feel like it, they were trying to go with uh, we'll, we'll keep them both going with them, but it was. Definitely a good film. Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny as well. It's it's outright funny from the first moment. I mean, he wrote it, he directed it, he um, and he produced it. I mean, he this was this was his baby. This was his hands-on job. You know, it was like this is mine. This is what I want to do. So all that humor and shit you see comes from Lee himself. Yeah, I was I was watching an interview with his um wife, and she was saying that's the one she likes to watch the most as well because she feels like it is him. It's his baby. She said it's yeah. got his little quirks and stuff like that in it. Because she said as much as he was a serious man, he he enjoyed a laugh. He he wasn't like yeah, stoic yeah, as shit. It, it's not like he stood no. around like <laughs> I am no. the master. Just stood in the corner, breathing, just waiting for him to punch <laughs> someone. Like, don't take your eyes yeah. off him, or you miss it. Because <laughs> <laughs> your eyes don't move as fast as our movie film, which doesn't move fast enough anyway. Yeah, but bit like the the Simpsons scene with the Yakuza, like, but the little guy's not done anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know it's going to be good. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I can understand how that would be a favourite film because it does seem to, you know, it's probably the, well, it's obviously the closest to him as a person that you ever see on screen. Because like you say, he wasn't, yeah. you know, he wasn't the big boss guy. He wasn't Fist of Fury Man. He wasn't Enter the Dragon. You know, he was way of the dragon guy. He liked to laugh and a joke. And it comes across, there's some great humour in that. Why he goes to the restaurant at the beginning and ends up eat, ordering... And then eating like 15 different bowls of soup always makes me chuckle. And the bit with the bird that picks up, sorry, the woman that picks him up when he's in Rome and he follows her back to a place because he thinks he's being polite. She comes out topless. That's just absolutely yeah. kills me. After she's like, if people, you've got to be nicer to people over here. And I'm like, oh, that you really yeah, and it's yeah. just like, yeah. right. Definitely the wrong place to go with that, girl. I swear this is the start of a Stranger Danger video sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, damn right. 
<laughs> but I mean, it's 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 funny. It's it's a good film. It's fun, and when it needs to be serious, it can be serious, you know. And I mean, but the seriousness is in the fighting. Yeah, and when he especially, I mean, one of my favorite scenes is something that we we're going to talk about more in depth next week in a special fight scene scene we're going to be doing. But the alleyway scene where he beats the living shit out of everybody with nunchucks and whatever else he can lay his hands on, you know, that's just such a good scene. It's so fluid and it's so fast and it's so bloody violent and at the same time funny. I also like the way that he tried to get in his whole view on karate and stuff being too static into the film, which was very much mm, his view of it yeah. in real life. It was like, it's too rigid. Yeah. Like, it, it, he, like he, he always Be said like his water. martial arts style wasn't having a martial arts style, really. It was just learning yeah. what he could and, and modifying it. But... Well, taking oh, yeah, everything they, that just, he could from everything, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, he, he was oh, just a badass one of you all around. But, yeah, that film definitely did it. Although oh, yeah. I did think that was the <laughs> cleanest alley ever going. Like, how, how oh, come God, they've yeah. never walked out the back door and there's just a... any restaurant, let's be honest. Yeah, it's like, how have you not opened the door and there's a drunk guy just having a piss against the wall? Like, uh? <laughs> well, or a load of boxes stacked up from when you've had to take in the delivery and you haven't got around to breaking them down yet. I mean, we've both worked in yeah, restaurants, oh, oh. man. We both know what's out the back of a restaurant. Oh, yeah. Well, there is that one scene where he kicks them through all the boxes. I said there was that convenient scene where there is the wall of boxes just so he can kick them into it to mm. make it look good. Yeah. So it, it, yeah, of there course. is the one scene where suddenly there's rubbish. Suddenly there's rubbish needs to be done. But, I mean, you touched on it earlier. Um, the end scene, the fight scene with Chuck Norris, man. That's such a good fight scene. Yeah, it's brilliant. And the bit that I really liked about it is when he puts the jacket over his head at the end. I don't know why, but that just yeah, made the scene respect. for me was him showing the respect at the end. Really gave it yeah, that definitely. feel of a proper fight. And it always makes you debate, yeah. like, halfway through, did they just stop going through the script and just go for each other? And he just actually knocked well, him out. Yeah, it's, was it's like, a, that's respect. a good question. I'll just cover him. <laughs> because there does seem to be a lot of respect. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a lot. There was definitely a lot of respect between the two fighters. Definitely. I mean, and not just the two fighters, the two men as well. But I like the fact that up until he fights Chuck Norris as well, nobody touches him. Nobody lays a glove on him, and Chuck Norris is the first person to lay a hand on him, and he nearly knocks it. He nearly yeah. beats the living shit out of him in doing so. I mean, that makes Norris look like such a threat to Lee, and that's really clever filmmaking. I also like the fact that they seem to give each of them equal screen time, so it didn't feel like you were watching mm. just one side of the fight. You very much felt like you were getting all aspects of it, whereas a lot of the time all you seem yeah, to definitely. do is follow one guy, and you're like, well, that's great, but I don't really feel for the bad guy in this fight, whereas you did for that one no. because they gave them both equal chance. And you were like, oh, I don't really care who fucking wins out of this. This is just a great fight. Compared to normally, you were like, well, he's evil. Me. He must die, sort of thing. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's evil. He's cannon fodder. That's why he's here. You don't get that with Chuck Norris at all. And to do it, admittedly, when, it was sh when the fight scene's actually shot, it's not actually shot in the Colosseum in Rome. It's shot somewhere with a backdrop that's been painted to look like a Colosseum in Rome. But the whole idea of setting it in the Colosseum where, you know, where all the establishing shots are of them being in the Colosseum is two gladiators going to war, isn't it? Yeah, it, it very diff much feel like it. Uh, and let's face it, they were, respectively, they were both from their own countries, the, the, the gods of those martial arts. It was very much... Mm. Like the American god and the, and the the Chinese god sort of thing, uh, and it, yeah, it yeah, they right. gave them both the respect, and it they didn't feel like they were going well. We don't like him, so that's it. And, yeah. and sometimes it very yeah. much feels like, like we were saying about some of his other films, he only shined so much because the rest was so bad. Whereas it really did feel like yeah. he had to share the limelight and. They both had to work to to not be outshone by the other. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, and and what I like about that last fight is it was what nineteen seventy three, seventy four, seventy three. When did Lee die? Seventy three, wasn't it? 
I believe so, yeah. So, say, say where the dragon was 72 then. Um, I know I could look it up, but I'm lazy, so I'm not going to. But say, yeah, it's, say, say it's as old as I am. Right, so it's as old as I am, right? The fight's fucking 48 years old, and it's still as fresh today as it was when they recorded it, which says a lot about how they approached it, how they treated it with respect, treated both actors with enough respect that it wasn't just Bruce Lee walks in, kicks Chuck, Chuck Norris in the bollocks and walks off, which would yeah. which would have meant the whole thing would have never survived this long. Yeah, there was definitely parts where you felt it could have gone either way rather than just one guy being mm. like, yeah, it's all him. And it's got timeless quality to it. The whole film has, I mean, bar the very dated 1970s outfits and flat that he lives in. But, I mean, that's always a mark of a good film, isn't it? Is you can plunk, you can just watch it and, you know, it doesn't feel dated. Yeah. You, you, like, you don't want it to, like just feel like you're watching a claymation or something, but you're like, oh, this this is, this mm. does not look great now, sort of thing. But you get so many yeah. films, especially older ones that you're watching, you're like, oh, this doesn't feel great. But No, this doesn't like, age even well. <laughs> with, yeah, even with the commentary, like, on the social situations that they had in the films, like, that people being racist to Asian minorities and stuff like that, it, it mm. still very much is happening to this day. So it still could quite easily be happening now. And you wouldn't think anything different yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I totally, I, I, I agree with you. I, I see exactly where you're going from, right? Yeah. It, it's like, that's one good, good thing I did like about the uh, Bruce Lee's films, actually, was he highlighted racism, but he didn't ram it yeah. down your throat. He he more yeah, sort of made yeah. the commentary of this this is the sort of shit we live with. Like I'm gonna highlight it to you, I'm, but I'm not gonna sort of make massive yeah. posters and make you ram it down your throat about it the whole film. Yeah. Plus he was Bruce Lee, so if anybody was ever racist towards him, he would have just punched him in the head. Oh, <laughs> no, I totally agree with you on that. But, you know, I mean, you're not going to walk out of Bruce Lee and be racist unless you're completely stupid because they just beat the living shit out of you. But so what are we giving this? Where the Dragon? It's a fun film, isn't it? It's a good film. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say you watch this one necessarily for some for an amazing film, but you watch it for a fun time. It, it's definitely a fun Yeah, it's film. a fun time. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's a fun film. It's a good comedy. It's probably... I wouldn't say it was the first... Maybe it's one of the first martial arts comedies because I can't think of any else off the top of my head. But if anybody does, please feel free to let us know. So we'll say, yeah, like you said, it's a fun time. Watch it for a fun time because that's what it is. Right then. Yeah. Well, that leaves just the one and only Enter the Dragon, doesn't it? Uh, very you want to take does. point on this because I've seen that movie so. Yeah, I mean, you want to take point on this? I've seen this movie so many bloody times, man. You know, it's just ingrained on my brain. See, I I remember watching this when I was young and thinking it was amazing, and watching it back mm. now and thinking this one isn't his best. In fact, it was the one I think no. I enjoyed the least. The fights, some of the fights, yeah, yeah. Were good, but I just didn't. I don't know what it was about it. I just didn't connect with it this time round, rewatching it. And I remember watching it in awe when I was a kid and thinking it was the best thing ever. Yeah. And uh, rewatching it now, yeah. I'm thinking, compared to some of the others, I'm not enjoying this as much. I, I think it was That's because strange. it was too westernized. And I, I don't think I enjoyed so yeah. much the Hollywood imprint on it. It, it, it just. Yeah. It felt like a bad Mortal Kombat film. Like, oh, you're all over my island. I would take this off. Hang on, no, come on. Let's not go that far, man. There's no need There's no need to fire around insults like bad Mortal Kombat film. Um, I I don't know. I, I've got a soft spot for Enter the Dragon. Um, it's basically, you know, it's 73. It was during where the the exploitation movies were starting to pick up pace. And you know how much I love all of that. Um, yeah. You know, so it has that whole feel. It's what Grindhouse Cinema slash unslash Grindhouse Cinema, quote unquote, shall I say, is kind of all based around. I think 
the reason that it did feel so westernized was because it was a Warner Brothers production. You know? And yeah. Because it, like, it did have some great bits. Like, let's face it, that there was the inspiration for Black Dynamite and stuff like that was in it. And I, I, we oh, both love Black no, Dynamite. Jim Kelly was already on. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, um, I mean, there's some... Jim Kelly was great in it. So was Saxon. I mean, I, I don't have a... Don't have a problem with it as it's it strikes me the best way to describe it, it's like a what you can now call DLC for a video game. Such as in Sleeping yeah. Dogs, where you do actually have an entire DLC that is basically Enter the Dragon, you know? Um it's it's quite nonsensical. It's almost like a super, super spy movie. You know, oh, we need you to go to this island and beat Dr. No upside the head. Yeah, he, he did very much feel like he, he wasn't quite sure where he was going with it. Like, I want to be a spy, but I also want my yeah. Kung Fu movie. But I, I, like I say, I, I don't know why. Right, just... from my sister's death. And... Yeah, it felt like they were doing too much. Uh, but maybe it was yeah, just the fact that that film's so overblown now. That in my head I worked it up so much that when I rewatched it I was just oh, like this isn't like how I remember it yeah because I remember yeah. finding this it in is a nowhere stack near how my... I remember it yeah yeah like I, I remember finding it in a stack of my uncle's old tapes and watching it when I wasn't meant to at a sleepover one night sort of secretly on the telly and being mm. like this is the shit but compared yeah. to now I was just like I don't know. I just, I don't feel like he enjoyed it as much. I feel like they got him to show off more it, than they did be in the film. Yeah, I, th- I, I, I mean, I think he saw that. I mean, I don't know. I never met the bloke. Well, obviously, I don't know any of his family. So this is just obviously my assumption. But I think he saw this as his last chance to make it big in America. Yeah. And that could put a lot of pressure on somebody. Very true, but th- there was like some cool bits in it. Like, uh, let's face it, it's the first show, and it's Jackie oh, yeah. Chan as a stunt man and stuff like that. In, in <laughs> it gets, gets killed by Bruce Lee. I love that. Yeah, I think Sam uh, like, there gets there was murdered the, as well. The, there's the great, yeah, he is. There's also the great scene of the snake and them just randomly picking up a chair and jumping through the window for no apparent reason. <laughs> yeah, and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you like, throw the chair at the off, snake? No, yeah, yeah. What's wrong with you people? And of course, there's the, like, the fight scene. We're, we're going to throw it through the window. Like, just wave, just, just um, beat the snake. Which is with like it. dynamite references, you know. It's not like he's putting a massive anaconda. Yeah, but but there's I mean there's like I say there's the there's the end bit with um fiendish Doctor Wu where they have the fight in the mirrored bathroom. It's a bathroom. That was something I didn't realise until I rewatched it the other day. All that mirrored room is a fucking bathroom. How vain is this motherfucker? Yeah, that's really weird. But the one bit that annoyed me out of that scene is there were so many weapons. Why couldn't we have seen a few? Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There was like every type of weapon. Yeah, it's like... What, yeah, why? No, the, why are you making such a big deal of all of these weapons for them not to pick up one other than the spear? Yeah, no. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I no, I totally, I totally agree with you on that. And the weird thing, like I say, the, the the weird thing about that whole fight scene for me is the bathroom, is the fact that they're fighting in a ginormous bathroom. I'm definitely with you on the weapons as well. Um, we needed to see somebody get hit upside the head with something incredibly large, more than a spear. Yeah, that, that was everything. It's like, oh, come on. Come on, just one of them. Yeah. Just pick up one. Like that, uh, I was just saying, the, the, the giant mace, like that, that felt like such a great way to end the fight with him popping his head with it. It's just a scene oh, yeah. that seemed to be full oh, God, of yeah. wasted potential. And it was just like, you could definitely, have done so definitely. much more. You could have cut out the whole That's mirrored scene and just got through. Yeah. They could have cut out the whole mirrored scene and just gone through different weapons, and you would have been quite happy just to watch them outclass each other one after another with them all. But yeah, it just it 
it felt like someone had come up with the idea. They got it all in. And then at the last minute, like, they gone, oh, I pulled my shoulder. I can't really lift them. And they're like, oh, shit, what should we do with it? I suppose we better decorate the room with it. We've played a lot for this. but Yeah, we've paid just... a shitload of money for this, so we should put it somewhere. But that, that's what I mean by it. it just, I think it, it, everything felt like it was a bit, it just didn't feel as big as the other films. The bosses didn't feel as good. No. They, as much as they were sinister no. and stuff, I just, they didn't, they didn't feel like there was any real threat to it all. Like normally they're trying to take yeah. over a village or he's got his own island and he he's yeah. selling opium. Well, that... And and that's only really yeah. sort of yeah, brush. He's, he's a drug dealer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean and he's it... a massive drug dealer and that's that's his thing. Yeah, and it's like, oh, is is that the whole thing? He's just a drug dealer. Like it just it feels missing something. He he feels like it should be a yeah. Bond villain, and there should be a massive nuke or laser coming out at some point. Like, yeah, oh, Mr. That's Bond, exactly now, now like. I'm going to tell you about my doomsday device that's conveniently located just <laughs> oh, beneath Mr. us. Lee. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Lee, I expect you to die. Yeah, um, it's very much. For the... Yeah, it's. If you think about it, the only real threat is the Bond villain. You know, um, because he kills Jim Kelly's character, and everybody else lives. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, I mean, that doesn't. Where, where's the where's the peril? There isn't any. Oh, uh, he's the only one that can kill anybody. The, he's killed one dude, and Bruce is gonna kill him. Yeah, other than the blonde bird, she, she died as well. Oh yeah. I don't recall seeing her die in that. I remember that um, Roper looked around he, and she was he, dead and uh, was very sad. I don't recall her dying. Yeah. No, that's it. That's all you see is it just pans to her and you, you're like, she's dead. Like, I don't even God really recall her. her being in the area sort of thing. Like, why is no, she dead? I, she was stood next to his chair and now she's dead. <laughs> maybe she just gets, yeah. maybe she just realised the film wasn't quite clicking in the way it should do commit Harry Carey. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like, oh, no, my, my love has been... Uh, been punched. I'm gonna die of a sudden broken heart. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna die now. I'm gonna die now. I can't cope anymore. I'm gonna die. Yeah, it's 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 a shame. It's because it's seen as a classic, and because you know you watch it so many times over the years, and you build it up in your head. That when you actually sit down to look at it with a critical eye, you're just like, it's good. It's fun. It's not brilliant. Yeah. It's, it's like like we, we've been saying that there's no real threat to the film. The most mm. of the bad guys just seem to have been crowbarred in for the sake of it, and then when they do have fights with the big sort of bosses of the film, even they feel a bit lackluster, and it feels like they put more yeah. effort into like the big multiple fights than they did into yeah their 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 bosses or the capos, whatever they were, and you're like, well. Why has he yeah. got so many big bodyguards if they can't really do shit? Yet all his henchmen no, they can't do shit they keep training yeah. se- seem to be doing a lot better. And it's just like yeah. he yeah. lets him be killed because of dishonor. And it's like, you're a bad guy. Why would you like kill him? Yeah. Because he's like not playing by the rules. And you, you, you're Surely clearly not playing did, by yeah. the rules. Uh, it's just <laughs> one of those films that you're like, I can't think too hard on this because my brain's starting to no. hurt. I mean, I think that's probably the best way we can describe it. If, you, if you're going to watch Enter the Dragon and you've never seen it before, leave your brain at home. Yeah, watch it with a couple of beers in you. You'll love it. Yeah, yeah. It's, but if you've got yeah, your head about, about it you, too you, much. Yeah, you're have a couple of bits, sit back and enjoy it, and, and you enjoy it. But if you watch it properly and cri- like critically, yeah, you're, you're going to pick massive holes in it. And by the end of it, you're like, well, I've yeah. just ruined a great film for myself. <laughs> <laughs> just ruined a classic movie for myself, yeah. So so what does that give us then? Let's, let's look at it then. So we thought, so I think that gives us one movie we liked, which was The Big Boss. It wasn't great. One movie we both agreed was fantastic, which was Fist of Fury. One we both said was fun, which was Way of the Dragon. 
and one we both recommend that if you're going to watch it, don't think too much about it, which was Enter the Dragon, yeah? Yeah. Um, That's it's, definitely how I'd put it's, it. It's... Oh, sorry about that. I was a motorcycle in the background for anybody that heard that. Um, But yeah, okay. It's kind of... Which is weird, because if you look at Bruce um, and the influence that he had on the genre and the, and the influence he had, you know, on you as a person or as, on myself as a person, I mean, I walk around with a Bruce Lee tattoo on my arm, so I love the bloke. His movies were pretty okay. Is that the average mediocre. we're taking from it? Yeah. I no, no, I wouldn't say mediocre. No, I wouldn't say mediocre, man. That's a bit, that's harsh, man. I'd say they were, I'd say they were, pretty good could have been better if we're doing an average yeah. across everything if we're taking like you know everything and looking at it we'd say they were good they could have been better there was an excellent film and there were a couple that were yeah they were right just don't think too hard about them it definitely felt like the start of a career cut too short Oh, God, yeah, definitely, definitely. It would have been amazing to see. I mean, I think if they got around to filming Game of Death, as we were speaking about at the beginning, um, that would have been the one, because I would love to have seen what he had planned for all of that, you know, how he was going to get to that situation. But unfortunately, time had different ideas for us, didn't it? Very much so, very much so. Uh, it was an unfortunate state for the man. Like, let's face it, it wasn't exactly something they were expecting. It just happened. Just you happened. don't get much more yeah. sudden, really, than his, dead, uh, than his death. It was just here one yeah. day, gone the next. Yeah, and then that's it. Once you're gone, you're gone. So overall, we love him. We think he was a huge influence on the genre. We think as a human being. I mean, come on, the guy invented his own martial art. We're, we're both down with that, aren't we? Oh, hell yeah. He, uh, he had his own martial art. I've got you know, it written down here. Wait. Jeet Kune Do. Uh, where is I think. I don't, I'm not sure yeah. if that's how it's pronounced. Um, you know, the guy invented his own martial art. Yes. The, well, you know, he, he was a big influence on everything. I mean, you can still see his style in MMA and shit like that in video games. But movie-wise, he was pretty good. Could have been better. Would have been wonderful to have seen what he went on to achieve from there. So, yeah, I think we're both in agreement on that then, aren't we, mate? Yep, definitely. Well, it's a shame of what happened, but he'll always be out there. It'll always be on screen. And it'll always be in our hearts, I suppose, if you want to be a really soft bastard about it. And on this, which would have been the 48th anniversary of his death, I think, when this goes live, we'd just like to say, you know, as always, Bruce, We'll be thinking of you. Anyway, so there you have it. The first ever episode of the Kung Fu Movie Database is in the bag, and it was a damn fine one, even if I do say so myself. I'd like to thank my partner in crime, Pitbull, for co-hosting with me, and thank you all for listening. And now you've finished here, head on over to the Ruminations Radio Network to get all the podcasts your ears will ever need. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with a guide to some of the best fight scenes you can find on YouTube. Until then, stay safe, grasshoppers. We'll speak to you soon. What's up, gang? This is Hoptimus. You've been listening to one of the great new podcasts from Ruminations Radio Network. If you want some more tasty sound vibes, come check out my new podcast, The Retro Futurist Culture, where we talk about alternate timelines, cyberpunk, anime, and other crazy worlds. If that does not strike your fancy, we have plenty of other great shows at RuminationsRadioNetwork.com.